Welcome to the episode four of the Education 4.0 podcast. Joining me today is... I'm Sam Anderson, I'm always here, learning and teaching digital facilitator. And back for another week is... Uh, Dale Clancy, electrical installation and engineering lecturer. And we've got two very special guests today. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? I'm Helen McNeil, I work in... And who else have we got? Uh, I'm James Henderson. Um, some of you may remember I, I formerly worked for Borders College as a learning technologist, but I'm now a learning technologist at the University of Nottingham for the School of Health Sciences. Excellent. Welcome, James and Helen. Thank you. And um, all right, let's get started. So um, we'll, we'll start with you, James. Um, do you want to give us an idea of what you do? Oh, sorry, wait, before we get into that, hang on, hang on, hang on. We'll go back a step. Sam? We're international podcasters. We are. <laughs> and, we we are. Should... and that was only because we've got Dale Clancy on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so as soon as Dale came on, suddenly all the people from all over the world have started joining us. So if our friend in Mexico, now it's just no, one. No, 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 Saudi Arabia. Well, Saudi Arabia. Holland. Mexico, Holland, the USA. Yeah, Spain. Spain. And there's a Dutch one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so to our, our international listeners, which are probably now more than our actual domestic listeners, um, uh, welcome to the podcast and feel free to email in and ask us any questions if you've got them um, and tell us why you're listening to two people in Scotland <laughs> talking about education. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right, Anderson, you're going to have to sit forward. I'm right, closer right. than Dale. <laughs> Yeah, but Dale's got a voice. Mm. You moan more than Helen, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, so it starts already. <laughs> right. Anyway, anyway, James, can you tell us a wee bit about yourself? Um, starting with the golden era of your life when you were at Borders College. Oh, Mr. wow. <laughs> yeah, um, that seems, seems like a while ago now. But um, yeah, so I spent three wonderful years at the college um, from 2008 to 2011. And uh, I was brought in as a learning technologist um, to help basically get Moodle up and running as it was back then. I think we were on, I think it was version 1.4 or something like that. And um, okay. we initially it was out, right. it was posted outside the college and I had the sort of task of helping to, to bring it inside the college and basically just make sure that... Um, it could, it could be as used as, as well as it could, um, which was a bit of a task in itself. But we, we started making ground on oh, it, getting staff involved in it. And uh, looking at it now, it looks like it's it's still continuing to thrive. So pleased to see that. Mm-hmm. And what do you do in your job now? What's your job title and what does it involve? So same job title now, learning technologist, but I work for the School of Health Sciences at the University of Nottingham. So that's we have three divisions in the school Um so supporting nurses, midwives, and physiotherapists. Um, but primarily, my um, responsibility is to our undergraduate nursing programme. So we've got an intake of about 350 students um, that we support across a number of modules. And similar thing, really. Um, amongst other stuff, I've, a lot of my job is making sure we get materials up into Moodle and um, working with staff to make the, the best resources we can available for our learners. So... And that's right. very challenging. Every day is different. Absolutely love it. Um, yeah, keeps us Great. busy. James, Great. question. Are you using Microsoft 365 as well now? Yes, we are, Sam, yeah. <laughs> so, How are you finding that with Moodle? Well, my, my colleague Simon actually has been doing a, a bit more on it than I have, but we've been looking at it together. And basically, um, we've been exploring the idea of using um, Office 365 to host a lot of our materials, um, but host them through Moodle. So still have Moodle as the sort of primary platform, if you like. Um, but for example, we've made a decision to from we, we've well, just to let in a little bit of background, we've got a new nursing curriculum which starts in 2019. So this this September basically, and one of the decisions that we've made for that program is to make all of our lecture materials, so all the PowerPoints and other lecture resources, um, they'd all be hosted on Office 365, um, but with a link through to Moodle. And there's a whole heap of benefits for that, really. Um, we're thinking about accessibility for the students so that they can obtain a version of those files in PowerPoint, PDF, whatever they like. It opens up in their even their mobile devices without necessarily relying on any lap, uh, NAT 
apps rather um they, they it's, it all works pretty seamlessly and there are a whole raft of benefits that we're starting to find out for for our staff as well things like being able to edit files on the fly and that sort of thing um so yeah there's a lot seems to be early stages yet but seems to be a lot of advantages for the way we're going with that so your your moodle would be your main area and files if i had a one note file that would be linked on my moodle page correct yeah Can we- it's, sorry, that, uh, just to fill you in, James, and, and the listeners, that uh, Mr. Anderson's been chomping at the bit to get into this conversation. But before we before we go to the more controversial bit of our podcast, um, could we introduce Helen? Helen, can you tell us, are you a learning technologist? No. No? My What's job, your job? My job title is instructional designer, because when I started, I was really developing content, a lot of it was for external projects at that point. Um, and then the idea was I'd be supporting lecturers to develop content. That kind of evolved as the team changed into supporting Moodle to learn all about Office 365, which we've been doing for a couple of years now, believe it or not. And <laughs> <laughs> that was directed right at Anderson there. <laughs> 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 Office 365 we've been working on for about two years now since we started looking at things like Class Notebook and um, other things that we can use in conjunction with Moodle. So I spend a lot of my time researching new features and things like that. Um, investigating how staff can use things and looking at the new features and how things can be tied together more. Um, we spend a lot of time doing Moodle, particularly over the summer, when we were um, in our tour over all the courses for the next session, so that takes quite a lot of time to do that sort of thing. We also spend a lot of time doing staff surveys and finding out how much online content we've got, how to get staff to think about their digital services and things like that. Mm, great. Um, so, um, is there there's any, any other parts to your job, Helen, or is that enough to keep you busy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it definitely does. Yeah, thanks for that, Sam. Um, uh, James, if you if you need Anderson to receive a punch for any of his comments, then Dale's sitting right next to him. So just just say the word. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Um, right. Yes, okay. I'm just going to say. Since Sorry, yeah. Sam has started working on us since March. January. January. Yeah. It, feels like, it feels like quite a long time. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's been converted into using Office 365, yeah. I think it's fair totally. to say, and um, totally. is now thinks it's the best thing ever, so we need to do a little bit of work. It swayed it my decision. We need to do a oh, little dear. bit of work to get it back on oh, the benefits of Moodle, um, so it's a bit of an ongoing battle at the moment. I see the benefits of Moodle, <laughs> but I like how James mentioned that creating the content creating the content in 365 to actually have the link in Moodle. Yeah. Just for me, it's it's mm-hmm. it's less clunky. I totally agree. It's not Brilliant. It's not one or the other. No, it's but both. I think Moodle mm-hmm. has yes. a big role to play as a platform. Yeah, and totally. That's our main area. are tools to use and whatnot. To create the materials. And fits together. And I think for the future for Moodle, there's a lot that can develop because it is set up as a learning platform. So things like... Learning analytics or adaptive learning, these sorts of things you could do with Moodle, but I think you wouldn't be able to do with Office 365 as well. Um, just to remind everybody that you need to speak quite loud into the into the iPad to get picked up. Last week we had Mark and the sound wasn't great, so just keep leaning forward into the iPad. James, we can hear you fine, so you're all right. Um, so <laughs> can we? And you're not enough. Can we? Can we go back a step, right? Um, because there'll be people listening to this who are like me who are just like novices and beginners to this. so what we're talking about is Moodle and we've got James who's worked with Moodle for a long time Helen who's worked with Moodle for a long time and just recently we've started to look at things to do with Office 365 so why is that a why is the, what's the problem what's the problem between Office 365 and Moodle I think at the moment it's a little bit confusing for staff and they have to take decisions all the time as to what platform they want to use mm-hmm. and some staff don't have very good digital skills for using either so that's like adds on another complication mm-hmm. when they're trying to take that decision and I think Moodle is developing to integrate more with Office 365 there's things you can do from assignments in OneNote that can send things back to Moodle there's things coming up with using Moodle within a Teams page but it's not all quite tied up together yet mm-hmm. So, but the good thing about Moodle, because one of your first podcasts you mentioned about 
why does Microsoft not just have a VLE? Mm-hmm. Hadoop is open source, which means that people that are using it have developers in some universities and that can develop it the way they really want it to be used. Ah, okay. Because Office 365, I think, is used by so many different places mm-hmm. as a business tool. But it's very much what Microsoft wants to do. And mm-hmm. I think it's been a bit better recently. They've not been getting rid of apps and making big changes that have caused problems. But at the beginning, it felt like every time you went in, there'd be a different app there mm-hmm. or something would change that, that caused you problems. Yeah. So, so Moodle's the stable environment through this, but it develops over time. That's the idea. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, the problem I have with Moodle, Helen, <laughs> is that every time I go into it, it's not working. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. It's always working. We've had more times Office 365 has been down than Moodle. Okay, so we talked about this at DigiFest, and you were saying one of the common complaints is that Moodle's down. Moodle's got a lot of downtime, but you were saying it's not like that at it's, all, it's, is it? It's, the Wi-Fi's down, uh, and the network's down. And it's pretty stable now, it it's a pretty stable yeah, platform. Yeah. James, how do you find it in Nottingham? Is it a pretty stable platform to use? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we've we've got a pretty reliable um, network, and it, it, we don't tend to have many problems with it. The only time it would go down is if there's a bit of maintenance um, that's been scheduled. Um, but yeah, very reliable. Yeah, there was, sorry, there was a bit on the news... Tuesday about Nottingham University and how they're trying to keep actually the, the students in Nottingham rather than going to London once they get their degrees etc so you're quite a high profile university yeah yeah I mean I, I think I, that's a, f- a fair comment I think the, there is a bit of work to to be done to kind of keep students in the region um, competing with other universities and so on but um, particularly for us though where we've got um, so for example as I say supporting nurses um it's trying to make sure that we can kind of there is this pool to to have nurses want to stay in the region and, and support our local trust as well so it's almost like the career beyond actually just coming and studying with us as well which is another uh, interesting side of it but not not too relevant for what we're talking about but yeah no no i was just bringing that tangent time i was just showing how high profile Nottingham is yeah, and yeah, sort yeah. Of the stakes and James mentioned he's got a stable platform, but if you're up there, we've, we've got a platform which is getting more stable with Edgerome, but it's still teething problems. Mm-hmm. Dale, your, your experience, uh, you were telling us, what do you do? What have you done with Moodle, OneNote, Office 365, blah, blah, blah? This has kind of been the first year that I've really had, um, I'd say, probably the opportunity to try and change a lot of stuff to, to make things a little bit more up to date. And then I've had the platform that I've, I have made a, uh, developed a commercial course on Moodle. And for the, the things that were needed in terms of structuring it, presenting it, putting it in different sections, it was ideal for um, companies, I think. And the feedback I got was quite good. But in terms of companies coming in and just they have an area, they can do all their question papers, they can look at handouts and PDFs and press releases for the new regulations and things. But for our, from the side of things in terms of um, the, the students, the in terms of developing in, in OneNote has been so quick. I was just having a conversation with Alan Reid there as well about exporting stuff, which is a different problem, but creating the content, reviewing the work with an EV in on Tuesday, and he's more than happy the way that we do things. And it's just been quicker getting things developed and then making quizzes through forms and things. It's just been a little bit easier to do. But I would really like to, like, you would like to then make it as the college see fit so, but I think the issue that I kind of have is I still don't really know what the college see fit. And I think that's the difficulty that and I spoke to, obviously, worked with Helen at the start with, with Office 365 problems and um, I kind of done Moodle, just kind of went for it. I spoke to Angela about digital delivery through my TQFE and I still don't really know how my how my coursework for my students would look. That's I think that's the difficulty I find. I don't know how it would be structured and what platforms I have to go in and out of and how that's easier to mark and how we can get out TVs and progress reports. I think that's the difficulty I have in my head at the moment. I don't think there's one size fits all though. I think it's, we've got Moodle, we've got 365 and it's how you as a lecturer, you would work differently from me. Yeah. So it's it's how I deliver. I can make a PowerPoint in my class that has got four pictures, four words on it and keep a class engaged for 40 minutes. Okay. Uh, you may somebody may have another PowerPoint delivering the same subject that's twenty slides. It depends on how you teach. Yeah, and we can still get the same outcomes. It's but but you may not use PowerPoint. You can use that PowerPoint maybe on Moodle. That PowerPoint maybe 
so somewhere else. I don't, I, I don't think it's about how you teach, so I think it's about how you structure it. And I think that's the difficulty I find, because I know everybody does teach differently. But structuring it as well, is, a structure is you've got your layout and how you do things. I was literally saying, like, as Alan reads is the same, but he, he makes note, he made, or might still do, for each unit, he makes a notebook for each unit. Mm. But I've got coursework in the one notebook. And it's all the same, because it's... Um, you're still having to cover assessments, cover outcomes, and they all are reasonably structured the same. Like it doesn't matter if it was a our introduction to engineering skills level four, if it was an HNC, they're all reasonably structured the same because it's the same awarding bodies. And it's just finding that way that even there was two or three basic templates mm-hmm. or basic ideas going forward. And I think that is it because people go, yeah. I've went off on a tangent on my own, I feel, and it's worked for me, but then I feel that somebody else would go, that doesn't work for me. But the, parts of it could mm-hmm. and I think if people can yeah. get that understanding of that then it makes it a lot easier for staff to buy into because I think there's a lot of buying mm-hmm. into it as well because I think that'll come because I think as we're working on things like the SOSET courses at the moment that we're working on and putting a lot of time and effort into developing the online parts of those mm-hmm. you know, they'll be able to be there for people to look at and see as well and when we did the rollover for Moodle last year we changed the Moodle structure so it's much more based around course codes and unit codes mm-hmm. just to try and get that standardisation in for that as well so yeah yeah, because yeah, that was one because when it done that for us, that kind of mm-hmm. went the opposite way we'd done it originally, yeah. but then I've kind of came full circle and went done that on one note because it was quicker. So I, I know it, I know it's, it is difficult, but because I know a lot of people had single courses that mm-hmm. were saying on Moodle, but as you have more and more materials on, they just become too big to manage, right? And splitting it by unit just makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. So. We've done it within the one unit, within the one course, we split the units in within the one area, but I didn't know, yeah, it's splitting by one, splitting by. Uh, Topic or course code works for some, but for others, uh, that's the complaint we're getting upstairs is that they'd rather have one course and have the subtopics inside it. So that HNC sport one course rather than having seven different courses for all the topics. So they just view in one course and come in. So, so that's one course, but it could be delivered by three, four different lecturers, yes. but they all just add stuff to the same yeah. same course. And why don't they do that then? There's, some people do, uh-huh. but it just it can become too big. They have some uh, have so some you end up with this massive thing have, in the, yeah, uh, forty uh, weeks worth of material, uh, and I mean the new laptops are not so bad, but on the older machines they had in staff base, you couldn't even scroll to the bottom oh, of right. it because it would just it was just it too was much getting, to cope with. Really? Yeah. Wow. Right. Okay. And it's, that wasn't so much a Moodle problem as a PC problem, but mm-hmm. still, it's difficult for students to navigate if it's not set up mm-hmm. with good topic mm-hmm. structures. That can become quite a lot to manage. Yeah, because I think if staff find it confusing to try and find the right platform, imagine what's like for students. Yeah. And I think that was because they yeah. saying last week the second stage guys got the choice and they wanted to go down it. And mm-hmm. in terms of going online with OneNote, and it has worked well and they've enjoyed it a lot more. So that's, I, I uh, think the, the general advice I would be given would be that um, if it's portfolio type work, then working on class notebook is going to work because yeah. Moodle doesn't really work for that. But I think for most courses, they should have something on Moodle so that students go in there, they can then have the links to the other materials, mm-hmm. the class notebook things they're using, because things like the library resources on Moodle, so there's other yeah. shared content there, yeah. that if the students never go near Moodle, they're never going to see. One thing, is, and it just happens, it was like, what part of my assignment was about, was looking at the pressures of digital delivery on likes of mm-hmm. staff, so like mental health as well. And as I was looking through it, because we've got so many different platforms, finding information about support and stuff is difficult at the moment. I think I had to end up going into the Tartan Monkey website and there was loads there and you think, I was then looking on the Aberdeen website, the uni website just now, and it's right there. And it's straight away you find it and you think it's just making, it's getting the course tutors and things to make sure that they're getting everything in terms of that group without having to go into the main body of the college. So mm-hmm. having all the links and things there. And if that works on middle, great, like I'm more than happy to, see where we can merge stuff in, but um, it's just trying to get something that does work the, the best way. James, in terms of structure, <coughs> um, do you prescribe a structure for your for your staff? Um, well, it's a really that. interesting point, that, and I can really empathise with what's been said by, by Dale and, and Helen's points as well. I think, and we, no, you the university... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you know, you know. Uh, I think the universities kind of made clear a while back actually that it wanted every module um that has its own module code to have a um a basic um i don't know what the word is a basic presence in moodle 
with certain things available, things like module handbooks and that sort of thing. Um, we obviously kind of took that a bit further in our school and kind of made sure that each module had, you know, it had its its set level of um, online learning and that sort of thing. I mean, the current nursing programme has a split of 50% online learning and 50% face-to-face. So okay. we had, you know, across the modules, we had this um, sort of consistent approach where we, how we dealt with the online learning and we made it available through Moodle and that sort of thing. But in this uh, programme that we're working for, for 2019, the module leads have been given sort of full autonomy on how they design their module effectively. Um, not necessarily, you know, what Moodle looks like, but how they want to structure, you know, what percentage and things they want to give to, to various types of materials that they have. So, they, for example, they could choose to have no online learning if they wanted to. Um, we've managed to kind of persuade staff that it's, you know, a good idea to, to, to have that where possible. Um, things like um, having lectures in, in lecture rooms that, that we're, we're struggling to timetable and that sort of thing. We're trying to advise that, you know, can we look at it this another way? Could you do that as a, deliver that as an online lecture? Um, and not to, you know, not play down the, the value of the face-to-face stuff, because as you've said in your previous um, episodes, that it's so important, the face-to-face stuff. But trying to get a structure for the online stuff particularly for this um, new program that we're looking at. It's, it's been tricky a little bit because we, we're trying to work with staff who you know, have the, the freedom to do things differently in the modules, but we sit sort of central to all of that in, in terms of trying to make sure that there's some sort of consistent learning experience for the students. So you know, whilst it's understandable that the module staff do what they feel is important to, for the success of their module, you know, if we have module sites looking completely different from one module to the next within the same program, clearly that's not going to work as a learning experience. So we're trying to, you know, we've been having lots of meetings and, and as I say, we're, we're having a bit of success working with staff and ensuring that we, but we're trying to, there's also this getting away from Moodle being used. I'm not suggesting that we have had it like this, but there are, you, you do see instances where Moodle's kind of used as a bit of a repository, you know, list of resources. So a repository. a repository, yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not a similar sounding one. So trying to just make sure that the resources are made into activities and that sort of thing so that they're not, as I say, it's not just a list of things to do. What do you use for activities, James? Uh, well, we, we're using a mix of things. So, you know, we might have external um, resources that we've built, say, using Xerte, which is like a software that's produced by the University of Nottingham, like a, an authoring tool. Um, it might be other stuff that we've 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 either bought uh, as resources, or it could even be using Moodle tools themselves. Um, but the important thing that we find in is it's how you structure those into activities. So, making sure, for example, there's good instructional design so that the students are getting told things like the purpose of why they're doing what they're doing, um, maybe how long it's going to take them, what feedback they can expect. So, and and trying to give a consistent I use the word template, but because um, that it's, it's probably given the wrong idea, but just making sure that that message is available if they want to look at what you know what is involved in the activities they're doing, um, and we'll find that the students you know really value that um, instruction. So not everybody's going to look at it, of course, but it's there when they want to know why they're doing something and what the value of it is, and and that's yeah, as I say that that makes the difference between it just being a list of resources that they've got to work through. The, the thing that you described there, just, just a wee minute back, James, is that um, the, the staff have been given kind of autonomy. Mm. And from your point of view, that's that's maybe going to be tricky because you're going to have a situation that Dale's kind of describing where Dale's, Dale's got autonomy, haven't you? you? You would choose to use Moodle for something but you might do everything on one note for another course. Yeah. And Helen, is that the same problem that you're finding here? Are you going to have to, like, what? why is that? What's wrong with that? And, and is it a problem? It's, I don't think it's wrong because I, I don't think there's one size fits all. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can fix that. We do have recommendations about baseline requirements that you're meant to include for students online um, and targets for online learning, which we're trying to work towards. But with everybody having such a different approach, 
it means we can't simply measure how much is online. So what we've had to do is ask all the staff to complete a really quick spreadsheet saying what, where they rate their content and their assessments so that we can get some kind of track of our progress okay. to increase our online um, content. So yeah. it's it makes some things difficult, but I think there are benefits to the staff, obviously. Although it's also confusing, there are benefits mm. to the staff from having that option that they can choose what they want. Um, I think this, one of the, the surveys that we run ran recently, um, we asked staff how much, whether they agreed that they relied on Moodle, and whether they relied on OneNote for their teaching materials. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, both numbers were a lot lower than I would have expected, around about um, a quarter or a third staff saying mm -hmm. they actually relied on those online platforms for their teaching. Oh, okay. So that's something we really need to look at, I think, as to why I think if you took one note away, I think I'd have to teach in the rhythm of dance or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah. I think could, the, we, could we turn one note off just to no, say that? But I think, again, if, if folk have autonomy, like I think, uh, fortunately, I think things have went well, but all it takes is for somebody to make a choice and then it not to work out that well and get bad reviews and then they feel under pressure. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of onus on the lecturer or the professional doing their job. Mm -hmm. But, Again, it's not to say that something can't go wrong. They might do it on Moodle and somebody goes, I don't know how to log on to this, I can't go on to this. And it, immediately this induction night that you're meant to be having just turns into an absolute farce. So mm -hmm. it's difficult. It's just, you know, if there was a little bit of... Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about putting together some kind of basic guidance. Mm -hmm. If you really don't know where to start and you want to do a quiz, here's where to start. Mm -hmm. If you want to do this sort of activity, here's where to start. If you were thinking about interactive video, then try H5P because it works mm -hmm. really well yeah, with that. Good, so... Yeah. Um, just trying to give that little bit of guidance to help the staff get started. But well, I think a lot of it isn't actually to do with the platform. I think a lot of that is to do with staff confidence and support staff mm -hmm. to do with it because yeah. those figures are showing neither one is really running, I don't mm -hmm. think, at the moment. Same for you, James? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think we, we've kind of seen it as a bit of a sort of almost a bit of a cultural shift needed, not amongst all staff, obviously, but there's, there's some staff that we're going to... Um, provide a bit more training and sort of trying to just trying to upskill people a bit more and get just I think Helen's right it, it's the a lot of it is confidence actually you know people saying oh I'm no good technically but technically is one thing but actually it's just having the confidence to have a go mm -hmm. confidence and time, time some yeah. people might say yeah absolutely and appreciate you know you're not going to necessarily want to um, if you're not confident with something try it you know with a group of students and then it all goes horribly wrong like you know Dale's saying it, it's it's just having that time to try it perhaps in a, a safer environment and and have the confidence to know that it could work in the in the the real setting if you like so we're, we've been talking a bit about the systems that people use and we haven't really talked about the student experience of it mm. so um we talk about we've kind of been talking about it from a delivery point of view. We've been talking about it maybe a wee bit from an institutional point of view and making sure that people do the same thing and keeping it sort of some kind of order to it. But what about from the student point of view? Is uh, is Moodle the best thing from a student point of view? I think we need to get students in. Good idea. Do you know any? Well, I think the, the only. The only time I've had feedback is I think our Moodle was set up. Um, a lot of work was put in the Moodle from previous, like George McGill, and he, he had to do a lot of just creating digital materials from a scratch point because it was all handouts. So he'd done a lot of work, and I think then just tried to bring them into Moodle. But then after that, you know, the, the, start, the students kind of got away from it. Mm. They didn't really enjoy it as much because it was quite clunky with turn it in and then they'd have to scroll at a different part and stuff. It just wasn't set up right. So I think the feedback that we've had from the, the groups who have used OneNote and used Moodle, they, they enjoy the OneNote because it is basic. It's, it's, oh, I was doing over current protection. I know I need to go into my warehouse project. Mm -hmm. Question, I want it and I'm there. So it's, you know, they can see the tutorials and their work and I think they enjoy the app. I don't know, I don't even know if Moodle has an, an app that you can access, but... Does, does Moodle resize to a phone? I think it does mobile sizing, doesn't uh -huh. it? Does it? It does, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There is an app as well. Uh -huh. It doesn't work for all things. It's not something right. we've promoted a lot. Okay, of that, okay. But yeah. It does exist. I think um, the students, especially going on site, they've enjoyed, you know, taking a phone out and just looking at something again and 
I had a student the other day saying that he watched a tutorial again doing a steel wire armor gland <coughs> I took because he was absent and he used it on site. And I just think it's just quick. Mm -hmm. You just can be able to like pick it up in a couple of minutes and then you found it and then you're off. So yeah. I, think, I think that's the main thing was what students want to use. Yeah, because the whole point is to provide immersive and engaging learning materials in some way or another. And um, this is probably a good time to mention Oh, sorry, Helen, you want to say something? <laughs> no, I've come prepared. Oh, right, else, okay. Yeah, was, yeah. Um, when we ran the, we recently ran the pilot JISC student, no, we didn't, we ran the JISC staff, teaching staff survey. Okay, survey yeah, recently. yeah. Um, it was easy for you to say. <laughs> it wasn't easy for me to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, at the same time, what we did, rather than run the student survey, which we did last year, we added a few questions mm -hmm. in to, in to the national student survey that's mm -hmm. been run, because mm -hmm. they get a much higher response rate with a lot less effort by yeah, us. Nice it was a slog last year. Yeah. So we did get some feedback on what students thought about digital skills. Is this that. Students Borders College yes, or Students General? Borders College oh, right, students, cool. Excellent. Yeah. Right. Um, so for example, Ten percent of electrical students enjoyed the digital. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't written it down. Forty percent, eighty-one. Ninety percent loved Brian. <laughs> the general question, which is not made up, mm -hmm. or is this three six five? Um, Forty percent said they would like more digital technologies used on their course, and only fifteen percent said they would like less. Mm -hmm. And there was quite a few individual comments which said things like when they got to the second block of the course, there wasn't anything on Moodle and they found it really difficult mm -hmm. to revise. So basically, the materials weren't online and they would have liked them to have been there because they were used to them being there. Mm -hmm. There was a couple that said, oh, they'd like more paper, but more said um, that they would like more stuff online. Oh, that's interesting. Um, it's, yeah. it's not surprising, is it? No. It's just, it's... Yeah. it's um, However, the, num the number relying on Moodle or OneNote for the coursework though was also quite low which i think ties back to the staff yeah. figure that uh -huh. um, so that's all something that comes together and we need to work yeah. on because if the staff don't have the agreed it i think that you know, they also obviously got these one note if the staff are saying it's clunky or have that feeling themselves then they're just going to transmit to other students and then they're not going yeah. to be using it with them so. now you brought up the c word and it's been mentioned a couple of times the c word clunky <laughs> This has been this is Sam this Anderson. Is Sam's opinion. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we're, we're just getting here we go. Uh, I think, aye, aye. So we're talking about um, providing providing excellent learning experiences for all of our students, whether at Nottingham or whether at Borders College. Um, and uh, I was going to. I was what I was trying to do was uh, smoothly lead into <laughs> a discussion about H five P. HP5, sauce. HP Sauce, <laughs> HP Sauce H5 versus uh, Sway and Office 365 stuff. Because know I know that there's, been a, there's been a bit of a debate, James, going on right. here uh, between Sam and Helen. Well, it's not really been a, much of a debate. It's been more Sam walking around going, it's too clunky, it's too clunky. So, Sam, every episode, Sam has had something controversial to sure. say. So, Sam. Can you, um, what, what's your thoughts about a, a, like Moodle, Clunky, against Sway? You seem to quite like Sway and other apps. Well, Sway was app of the week last week, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I've had a wee shot at it. Yeah. And I've started you putting the Oh, all right. Okay. It's a bit of a, see, I, I quite like using Keynote on the Mac for some of the stuff that I do because it's a nicer design. It's just, uh, and Sway it's a wee bit difficult to get your head into to start with, but once you've sort of jumped between, once you jump between sort of doing a bit and then playing it and looking how it would look to a student, then um, you start to see how to build it properly. So it's taking a wee bit, a wee bit of you getting used to, but I think I'm I'm away with it now. Mm -hmm. I like I like. There's a couple of cool things that you can do. One is build in video really nicely, and you can also um, build in forms really nicely, and uh, so for quizzes and stuff like that. But also the a good teacher. the thing that you showed me today was uh, stack, stack, where you can have a load of images sort of stacked on top of each other, and the student kind of almost like flicking through the mm. the forties. Fairly sure so. you can do that in H five P. No, uh, and you can, <laughs> and I tried to show Jamie this mm -hmm. at break time. Mm -hmm. How mm -hmm. well did we get on? Uh, don't pull me into this. Don't pull me into I am the host. I am the host. So, so <laughs> did we both find the buttons to press to get there? 
we we were we were scooting around trying to find her. What you did in your lunch time? You two have never changed, I tell you. Oh dear, he made it. Okay, I should have been on the phone as well. <laughs> right, okay. So, compose. Somebody compose themselves enough to take over this podcast. It's AP5. It was like the CTD lesson was good. <laughs> but it was good. Because um, I was doing it like with Greg Steele and we could see where we, like the benefits of it. But we, that was my struggles in trying to see where we would put it. Like we'd build it into kind of one note. So you guys are right now. Good. <laughs> No, don't get me wrong, H5P is good. For me, uh, the priority for me is trying to get staff fit. Okay, so... (laughs) Oh, Jimmy, right, so, sorry. Can we go go back to that? Helen, you are... Am I right in saying that you think H5P is a a good tool to use to create immersive content or or engaging content? H5P can create lots of different types of content. It's much better than the quiz that you used to use on the Adobe mm-hmm. mm-hmm. oh, quiz. Without a doubt, yes. yes. Totally. And there's a massive variety of things that you can do with it. So particularly like the interactive video, there's a few other nice sort of accordions and some yeah. of the things that you can do with it. The benefit of doing it in H5P for me is that it's in Moodle, which means you can track who's done it from your class and you can also see results for any questions okay. all within one place. Forms is great if you're doing a more simple quiz and it's easier to use for people that are starting with uh, doing that. And you can also embed that into your middle course as well. It All right. doesn't have to be completely separate. So, uh, right, so Sam was showing me earlier, H5P is, is actually like a module in... Yeah. Now, it, but am I right in thinking H5P is a separate company or a separate entity yeah. altogether it's just it Moodle is. has gone we like that so mm-hmm. can we put that into yeah, our thing it's, it's still is a, an external plugin at the moment so right. not, not all Moodle will have it ah okay okay we'll have it yeah um, but I think they are talking about bringing it in right. more because it is really popular but yes right. it can be used with a lot of other platforms and it can sit on the website right. well. yeah. I think the difficulty is <clears throat> we have to remember time everybody mentions time mm-hmm. time constraints and using H5P is great for advanced users or middle. Yeah. If you're new to developing online materials, I would say we go with Microsoft to start with until you're uh, confident. Why do you say that? Simple. Simple and smooth and easy to navigate. Uh, I showed you today at lunchtime, you open up H5P and there are so many drop down boxes for. Think you're creating stacks. Yeah. And, and it's quite complicated. Because, yeah. It's complicated jargon terminology. Whereas if you go into forms, you could put a video in, you could put a picture in, you could ask questions, and the choices are limited, but they still give you the same results as what mm-hmm. you would get. James, is, does your version of Moodle have H5P sort of built in, or have you got anything else that you use? We don't actually um, have the H5P plugin um, on our version of Moodle at the minute. So although we've been able to sort of tinker with H5P resources, there's no sort of easy way for us to, to port them into Moodle. Um, we we either sort of kind of create our own bespoke resources. So we've got quite a bit of um, coding or programming, depending on uh, where you sit from the, the debate last week, uh, experience in the team. Um, <laughs> so we, we do a lot of um, build our own HTML and uh, JavaScript um, stuff that we can sort of put into to Moodle, or we'll use, like I say, the authoring tools, Erte, um, and, and other authoring tools that, that are out there as well. Just I suppose it just depends on the nature of what whoever we're working with, what they want to achieve, and again, time, like how quickly we want to develop something. Something with an authoring mm-hmm. tool is generally easier to, to knock together um, effectively than, than creating something from scratch, um, but it depends on what you want to achieve really but yeah the main thing i think is that we because we have such a heavy focus on moodle um it sounds like obviously you've got a lot of choice at the college and that's great um and we, we've got we've got choice here but i think the main message is where it's learning concerned um at the university it, it sits in moodle so be that external resources that we create which is quite a lot of what we do, at the end of the day, they, they sit or they eventually will be somewhere in Moodle, whether that's a link or however else. They're... 
Mm-hmm. <coughs> so that, I think that's what Dale was kind of saying last week. You've got Moodle as your platform. And, and you link your where, and to you it. link to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there an institutional concern about that? About, you know, if... Um, it, because stuff in Dale's done in OneNote is linked to Dale's one uh, Office three six five account. What happens if Dale leaves the college or disappears overnight? Um, not that I'm suggesting that's going to happen to you, Dale. No, well, the thing is, there I've invited a lot of lecturers into that notebook so that they can use it and edit yeah. it as lecturers. So. I think if I was to leave, they would have it as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they can overtake it or if it, I don't think it stores in their area or it's yeah. just shared with them. But I think they'd have as many rights as me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just because I created it. But I don't know. That, no, I don't think there's an easy right. get around that, right. to be fair, because it's it's a small problem for quite a good outcome, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, yeah, it's, I think it's got everything's ecologies anyway, so I'm sure people just dip in it and just take yeah. it. I think we, we do try to recommend that staff share with at least one other member of staff mm-hmm. so they can get into it. But... Yeah. I think it's off that you just go in, the lesson's there, and everything's ready to go, and mm-hmm. um, schedule works is all, the, all in this one area and everything. So. One good thing about Moodle as well, or having at least the links to your OneNote things on Moodle, is that because we've set it up now as open access, all lecturers can see all content. So if you're looking mm-hmm. for something else that you think somebody else might be working on, then you can go through yeah. all the different courses and look for something. If you know there's a person developing unit that's in a different course, you can ah, yeah. see what they've, yeah. they've developed for that. And that also, also we sometimes share resources with other colleges, such as Dumfries and Galloway, right. some recently, so they can export a whole Moodle course. Yeah. We can upload it onto our system and we'll just share all the resources right away. So that's makes it quick and easy to do. So. Good stuff. There was a sharing facility that was provided by just. Do you remember Jorum? Was it Jorum? Yeah. Uh, do you remember I that, do James? Remember Jorum, yeah. and, and people used to upload all sorts of like so. So say Sam created a PowerPoint for his class, you'd upload it to to Jorum, and then anybody else in the who was linked to it would be able to get it. Um, so I used to get notifications if somebody put something in for hairdressing or beauty, and I used to forward them on. Um, to, to folk that's until I realised that most people in the college see an email from me and swipe it to delete. <laughs> no, no, I, don't so, know, I can get the library open now after five o'clock. Ooh, <laughs> yes, we could, James, you won't believe it. We were people trying to get in the library without um, without having a member of library staff present. Oh, can you believe joking? it? No, no, they've just been letting themselves in. That's terrible. Having parties and raves and running amok. Reading all the reading books. Reading all the books. Jeez, imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> James, can you imagine somebody moving the books for the number? Uh, if his initials are SA, yes, I could. Aye, 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 aye. Uh, so, have we exhausted everything about Moodle? Is there anything else anybody wants to say? I'll, 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 I'll ask a question. Um, is Moodle going to be with us in five years' time? Depends if Microsoft buy it. Or <laughs> yes, I'll stick my neck out and say yes. <laughs> About two or three years ago, there was a quite a strong rumor that I heard that Microsoft were interested in buying um, Blackboard. 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 Uh, it was it was about the same time that Microsoft bought over Linda. Remember, Linda dot com was a series of videos that, uh, like video tutorials or video lessons, and uh, that's turned into LinkedIn Learning now. So, yep. Uh, so that's a great answer to my question. I think I've answered that. Well, well Moodle will be here in five years' time. I think it has to be, though. I think if you're going forward, and like, if that's the college's route, from from our point of view, it has to be. There's mm-hmm. no... I think it's, I mean, at the moment, it has to be there to store materials, for example, or assessments, for examples, and things like that. So mm-hmm. I certainly don't want to turn to it for that. No, totally. mm-hmm. James? Yes. In five years' time, do you think you'll still be working with Moodle, or do you think you'll have moved uh, on to something else? I... I... I think it would be Moodle, you know. I think mm-hmm. um, it's obviously, as it's been mentioned, the fact it's open source and there's going to be ongoing developments. Well, for what we know for now, if your rumour doesn't come true, um, I think there'll be lots of um, <laughs> <laughs> developments to it still. And I think as other uh, companies out there who are producing similar things um, are trying to... I, th- I think, yeah, people will be looking at alternatives 
but I still think it's it's a very strong player in a market that's becoming more social focused. I mean, that's fair to say, I think, isn't it? That like a lot of these platforms, I think that's why everybody's sort of jumping on the three six five bandwagon a bit. You've got you know teams and stuff. It's it's delivering things in a very social way. Um, but at the end of the day, people still need activities to work in or, or you know materials put in in such a way. So. I don't know, for me, I think Moodle's here for a while yet. Just just one point I think I would like to make, though, on Moodle is we have found itself, you know, we've had a few issues with it. You know, you're talking about lengthy programs and lots of stuff being added in there and you know, the number of topics and how you manage that without turning people off and students getting fed up and that sort of thing. Um, so, we, you know, we've had a, quite a bit of debate as to how we lay out our course content as well, and that's that's thrown quite a few interesting things out so for this this new nursing curriculum we've decided to use the option to display only one section at a time um so that you know the students are just faced with so many materials and they can dip in and out of whichever section they like but just trying to work with student feedback to to realize that actually Moodle's not perfect I think we all know that there are things that could be much slicker about it you know Sam's right to a degree it can be a bit clunky I think but it's you know we we are trying to fill in the gaps I guess where the students are are struggling with things so for example I think it was Helen talked about progress one of the things that we found is students are saying you know what particularly when I'm diving between a number of Moodle modules I, I get lost and I don't I get no sense of where I'm at with the module in terms of when I'm working through stuff online so one of the things we've been looking at is again using a bit of coding to kind of link in with the Moodle stuff that we're doing. So we've got a bit of external coding that we've injected into our Moodle sites that sort of shows a bit of a progress tracker within the module. So we're using the completion tracking facility. So students can either tick the activities that they're doing manually, or there can be set conditions on that. So it might be that they have to get, I don't know, 80% in a quiz, something like that. And then that becomes automatically completed. But then this little progress uh, bar will kind of show that they've then achieved an, an extra X amount of percent towards the work that they're doing. And it's that kind of thing that we've kind of felt the need to have to add in there um, in order to kind of meet the needs. So yeah, Moodle's not perfect. I think we, we have to do additional things to it to kind of make it better. But yeah, that's... That sounds great, James. I like that's that a, idea. It's a bit like one file, but the one file's almost like quite primitive in the way it started as well, because that's got progress. Well, like the electrical apprentices, and then they've got maybe they're two percent ahead of target, or they're maybe five percent behind, and it's got a progress thing on what they complete. But um, I just that's very hard to navigate. I've just got my head around. Well, the time I've been here, I've got my head around where to get things in middle. I think that is one files are one files a different system. Yeah, completely different to kettle and fish. I think that's, as you're saying, what's good about Moodle is that people can, if they've got developers and coders in the team, they can go and tailor it to do what they want. Yeah. James, I like the grids format in Moodle. Yeah. I, sort of, I encourage staff to try and use that just now, we, although we found that you can't build a Moodle site using grids, you have to build it with topics. Okay. Then we can change it to member it crashed before the training. Yeah, it did. I, I don't remember. It did, <laughs> but uh, but changing it to the grids format because then it's sort of it's more visual as well, mm -hmm. and when you click on that, it just opens up what's in that sort of topic. Yeah, so just like you mentioned this up, just bringing up one at a time. I like that. Yeah. Oh, and it does help a lot. It does help a lot of students. That one at a time as well. I mean, another little bit of feedback we've been getting from the students, and it's all these simple little things, I think, but they do make a massive difference overall. So, like, you know, one thing, it might sound obvious, but the students said to us, look, rather than arranging some of the materials by subject, you know, can't we have it by dates? You know, so we're kind of starting mm -hmm. to, to give the blocks dates rather than, than subject names. So there's a bit of chronology yeah. to what they're doing. That makes a, a bit of sense. And also silly little things like, you know, if they've got um, a, a lecture on the timetabling system that's called something, um, making sure that any activities that relate to that in Moodle has got the same name. So, you know, it's, it's I think some staff have got, you know, it, as, as materials go around the houses a bit, you know, things get labelled differently and that sort of thing. And it, it might not seem like a big thing to people, but when students are looking for stuff, those things can make the difference really so good excellent 
I think we need after the week now. Oh yeah, yeah, we better we better uh, move on because that that's been brilliant. Thanks very much, everybody, for for talking about Moodle. Um, app of the week, Helen, have you got an app of the week? I didn't come prepared with that. Right, and you've, you've got thirty seconds to think about it. Dale, what's your app of the week? Um, I've been pro again. It's Office, but I've been uh, one uh, my one drive a lot on mm-hmm. my phone uh, this week, and just, again how it converts stuff and makes things readable. It's really good. So I've been using that quite a bit. Again, another Office app, but it's. Can I say Teams is an app? Teams, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah teams, definitely. Yeah, you like enjoy yeah. using Teams? Definitely. Yeah. We've been using Teams a lot in the library. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on in the library that, from the Harry outside that's, that there's just loads of information coming out. And I always thought of Teams as a, a communication tool, but actually I'm using it as an information handling thing. So mm-hmm. just making sure that it goes right in, in the right category and, and that everybody else can see it. Yeah. I, I've been using Teams a lot, yeah. Use James. it in, in ISLT. We've been using it for a while, yeah. Aye. Yeah. yeah. You just shout out folks' names. <laughs> 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 James, you've got the week. James. James. Right, Sam. Oh, James. James, sorry. Uh, right. Sorry. <laughs> um, I've actually got two, but I will just say one if you want me to keep it to one. No, give us two. All right. So it, it depends on folks what, what they might have in terms of software and, and what devices they've got as well but there's one called adobe capture so if people have got access to creative cloud software i recommend the app adobe capture um, and just very quickly that what that allows you to do is you can point your phone at well anything really take a, a camera snapshot of something it might be a drawing that you've just doodled down and you can sort of import that into the adobe software or you can like if you take a, a picture of a cup that might have different colours on it, it will then just sort of like create a little quick colour scheme for you and work out what colours match each other. It's like from a design point of view, I, th- I find it a very useful app. Um, the other one is uh, Filmic Pro, which is more about videography, really. So if you're doing, if you want to get into, it's not everybody's cup of tea or requirements, I guess, but if you've got some video um filming that you want to do on your mobile device it's a really powerful app for doing all sorts of um stuff while you're shooting video um like changing frame rates and and all sorts of wonderful stuff like depth of field and all all on the fly as you're recording stuff um and and log files as well um so some really raw footage and things like that that you can achieve with that app it does cost 14.99 though um Mm-hmm. it doesn't work on every device it's it's quite powerful so it does need a reasonably sort of new kind of device to run on but uh, I would recommend that if, if anybody's into serious film and stuff Sam? Simple this week, Twitter Twitter? Twitter, been using Twitter quite a bit, um, sorry Jimmy and uh, just for following and gaining information about the updates from Microsoft it's tremendous, you know, people using and doing with it uh, getting the Teams updates, Microsoft updates, how all the colleges are using uh, 365 and Moodle. And Moodle, see that? And Moodle. Yep. Okay, uh, <laughs> that's good. Fine. Right, will we call it a day there? Excellent. James, thanks very much. That's been really great. Thanks very much for having me. Helen, thanks very much. That's been great. Oh, thank you. Uh, Dale? Sam? Sam? <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, well Is there MD in Borders College that you want to give a particular shout out to? Oh, I, if I started naming one name, I'd have, to, pick one. I'd have to name a lot of people. So, yeah, yeah. just for anybody that remembers me, hope uh-huh. we're all keeping well. Yeah, so for anybody that remembers James, uh, James can't remember any of your names. <laughs> James, James, lovely to speak to you. Bye for now. Brilliant, thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye.